We're back to Kids One Doctorate. I am your host, Dr. Suela Quesada. And today, yes, 2018. It's a year that needs a whole episode of its own. And if I titled it right, it should have probably been called Fall of 2018. What a year, y'all. Most of my episodes, if not all of them, are not scripted. But for this one, I had to make notes uh, just so I can keep myself on track and not make this episode a whole hour long. 2018, let's go. It's taking me five years, close to five years. At the time of this recording, it is 2023. It is the month of April. And I thought I'd be ready at year two, year three, year four. Uh, But no. And we're ready now. And that is okay. Sometimes you have to allow for healing on healing on healing to happen before you are ready to speak on an experience that definitely marked you. So where do I begin? And this is why I had to take notes because it, it was even hard to decide which episode, which uh, experience during that year I had to kind of put first. So let's begin where this week um, begins for me it was uh, late August beginning of September my dad passes and he is in the Dominican Republic I am here in the United States Um, he decided that that's where he wanted to spend his last years and so I get a call that he has passed I quickly have to make a decision am I traveling for his funeral and his bureau or am I going to hang around here and send my best wishes to the rest of the family and my siblings you know I haven't had a relationship with my dad in in years and we just started rekindling all of all nine of us have started rekindling our relationship with him in his last few years because he's allowed it to be that way and so we've become close as as a bunch Uh, I was the year prior to that we had traveled to the Dominican Republic together to have a fabulous uh, family week in which we spend a lot of time with our dad but it was still a hard choice to make because there was no uh, strong foundation between me and my dad and you know okay do I you know when someone passes and they're and they're abroad you have to make those very quick decisions of, okay, I have to plan now a flight that I was not planning on doing. I've got to figure out who my kids will stay with while I travel. It, just so many details, right? So I was definitely, it took me probably about 24 hours to decide, okay, I'm going. After I took some time to think about what my role would be if I did travel, if there was any to be had, and if it was worth it, right? Like, is it worth it for me to go to a funeral and a bureau for someone that hasn't really been part of my life and I didn't hate him it's not hate what I was feeling it was more indecision it so happens that this weekend he uh, passed middle of the week and we were going to do the funeral the weekend and it was also my first class week it was also the weekend that I was going to begin my first um, in-person course that uh, that weekend and so I had to also coordinate missing class for that week. It's also 2018, fall of 2018. And summer and fall of 2018. Summer 2018 is when I 
really started writing, uh, doing some of my research for my dissertation. Fall 2018 is when you're, you should be doing, I should have been doing a lot more of my writing. And as you can tell from where I'm going with this, my dad's death is how my fall semester started. And the honest truth is that I probably also wanted to miss the trip and the funeral because I don't I don't think I I handle funerals and deaths as people suspect or expect you to handle someone's death. I often think of death as part of life. It's something that has to happen. He was also older. He was in his 90s. He was about 91 or 92 at the time of his death. So I and he was really sick. He had been sick for years before uh, this happened. But is there an appropriate way to respond to death? I don't think there is. I think everyone handles beginnings and ends very differently. And for me, even when I've had a friend die, it was much more, I've always kind of build up the shells that I need to build to get through the season. And this is the same case for me processing death of loved ones is I build up, I build up all the strength and it's not something that I even think about. It's something that I just do. I That's how I go about life. When things get rough, I just know that I need to get through it. And so I don't allow myself a lot of time to process the emotions of something like someone's death, right? And in this case, someone like a father or dad who you really had unresolved relationships with. I also go into protective and care mode. Being a caretaker, I'm always thinking, how am I going to be needed? How do I have to kind of be strong through this season in order to be able to take care of others? Uh, Stability is very important to me and being stable for others is also very important to me. And so there wasn't a strong emotion attached to me attending, but I also knew that if I didn't, then this was a chapter of my life that I was probably going to regret not closing in the way that I did. And so I had... I head out, I leave. Uh, as I told you, it was also the weekend that I started school. I was supposed to do be doing a lot of writing this semester. And so I was like, all right, this is the worst of it. This is definitely the worst of it. I tend to be the sales, or I tend to hold on to the sales through the storm. I'm not going to tell you that I'm always the sales, but I'm always looking for the sales in order to either hold them up or make sure that we are on the right path to keep going with our lives when things get really rough. Like if you've read, if you've heard any of my other episodes, you know that about my relationship with my father, one that wasn't really ever there, but one that I held on to kind of in a, in a mythology way. Like I knew he was alive when he was a person and he married my mom, and I was born, and I had his last name, but there was really never anything else. There were no memories of him and I. There were just stories of him as a person, and what helped me even to fill in some of my gaps was when I started to relate a little bit more with my siblings. I started to to really put the pieces together that it's not, it wasn't just a Zoila thing. It was a, that's just the person he was with all nine of his children. So I go, I decided to go and I go and I was like, you know, I think that if I would not have gone, I would have missed out on really precious moments with my uh, family. And it was a celebration of life. It was a celebration of life. And that was very special to see. And to see it back in, you know, where my mom and my dad 
were born and raised and where they met <laughs> it was it, it was it was nice to close that chapter of his life but also closing it for all of us as well it was special it was really good and I'm glad I did go I got I got through all my my thinking process and all the the reasons why I didn't need to be there and got to the point where I said you know what it is important that I show up anyway so I got there and it was a weekend trip I believe I was there for two whole days I traveled right back because guess what <laughs> that's not even the worst of it I am also during that that month that next Monday remember he passes away midweek we uh, hold his funeral on the weekend and I travel back to the U.S. because on that Monday I have court divorce court yep and still through it all not one tear not one sign of sadness I was just going you know when you're just functioning and you're not even aware of how the heck is happening is just happening and that's exactly what was going on at this point to remind you I was also deep into my dissertation writing for my doctoral program dad passes I travel my dissertation is supposed to be ready by uh, end of spring of 2019 I highly suggest you go back to the episode titled doctoral journey one and there you'll hear about how that ended up for me okay um and then monday i just kind of just have to keep doing it keep going fly right back on monday morning i'm at court at divorce court and still going because i need to get things done and yeah went through after the divorce court which is high it's it's high intensity it's it's in it's intense because here you are and thankfully it was an amicable a divorce uh, hearing we were actually we I even drove this dude back to his house after court uh, so just want you to know that that's how it was it was it was very much we spent I believe about a, almost two years separated before we went forth with with the divorce and so I I believe both of us were kind of like hoping that maybe maybe we can work this out let's give this some time and then uh he had been involved with another person and had another child and so I think he was also looking for some sort of formal freedom uh to continue his life and I said you know what dude this is this is the right thing to do and it is the right time to do it now and as you know with court it's not that it just came up out of nowhere this had been planned so again that death of my dad was kind of like the the wrench in there or the plot twist to the story because then I had to come back right back with no pausing and show up to court the next morning divorce was the that day was weird because i was still mourning mourning like m-o-u-r-n-i-g and had to go into something else that i was about to mourn as well uh you know a divorce uh, an, a, a formal end to it all it's almost as if we gave hope we've gave up hope with this formal action and I can probably always talk more about the divorce and the process afterwards. I do have at least two other episodes in which I speak on this. Because uh, <clears throat> it's an experience that people don't... I think people, you know, get married or see weddings and see marriages and partnerships. Or really, we don't think about how do we handle an end? How do we handle 
the process afterwards even if you're both ready even if you know things are not going anywhere you still go through a grieving process um, right after and I was not ready for that and that has been talked about a little bit in other episodes and I hope to engage with the topic again soon so that's where I'll leave that okay so let's go on to the next thing that happened in fall 2018 there's another thing that happens that changed the way I think about life, changed who I trust, changed how I see myself in institutions and systems. I was comfortable. I was comfortable. I had a job that I had held. At this time, I had held it for 10 years. 10 years and about 10 months. (laughs) The time the effort, the energy, the impact that I had made in that role all came tumbling down with one action that was done by other people. And I'm going to try to break this down because I believe this topic needs its own separate episode because there's a lot to unpack. And again, I say to you, I think that was, was, although I wanted to talk mainly about this next thing that I'm going to talk about, I had to uh, group it into what that fall of 2018 was because it kind of uh, kind of builds on the other things. It builds on one another and the stuff that I went through that fall. So let's um, begin. It took me a long time to talk about it. I still don't speak on it. Uh, I don't share it as an experience, uh, but it was tough. It was rough, rough. And it had to do with decisions that people made at an institution that I held very dear to my heart that I gave and sacrificed a lot to. I remember just, ugh, I don't even want to remember actually. But the times that I took myself away from my children to do things for this place, the time, effort, energy, and impact that I created also, not only for the institutions, but for the individuals, right? Um, Which I don't regret. I don't regret that I... I have been known or I'm known and I will be remembered as the person that really made an impact and a difference in the lives of the people that I encountered at that institution. And for that, I am absolutely grateful and act- and very honored that I was able to be put in that place to do that. So it's a long weekend. It's a holiday weekend. It is Indigenous Peoples Day weekend. And some of it led up to it right because it's not just one action there's always the small things that lead up to it so there was a student that was very you know was very excited and interested in providing that uh, cohort of folks an email an email communication that said to them it is indigenous people's day and these are the reasons why it's celebrated, this is why this institution decided to rename this holiday weekend, and these are some links to some events that are happening this weekend. There was a, a reference to an international, international political, religious issue that is happening between two countries. And so there was one line at the end of the email that said something along the lines, as it is also evident by the things that are happening in XYZ countries. And, you know, I 
believe, yes, I believe the office co-signed it. I went through the email with the student, we edited, made drafts, and then the email was uh, signed. Uh, now I cannot remember this detail, but I can look back on it. If it was signed by the student and the office or just by the office. Long story short, I believe it was sent out of my email because they were able to come right back to me and and is where the next few things unfold. <laughs> Funny enough, it was also a... Uh, uh, I don't believe it was a school weekend, but it was a weekend that I was going to use to write, to do more research, to sit at the library. It was a Friday afternoon. I was on my way to the library. And um, yes, I get a notification that someone has read the email and they have not liked it. And they have replied to the entire school. <laughs> if you can imagine, something that could have gone back and forth between the two of us. Went to the entire school. All the deans were CC'd. And, and these are like, you know, at a, at a university, it would be like a dean or an associate dean. Um, at a regular, regular, everything's regular. But at a corporation, it would be like a VP or an AVP. Um, you know, saying how uh, they were not... They did not approve of the message. How did an office send out a message like this that put two ideas against one another? I also I should add that I believe the student that did this thing that I'm going to get into in a minute believe was probably upset about other things, was probably upset at the fact that it was Indigenous Peoples Weekend and not Columbus Day weekend. Um, it, was, it was an interesting thing because I'm like, why would you... Uh, please explain it to me and it's funny because as staff and administrators we often have a lot of patience and we often give students a lot of grace uh we all we all understand we are where they are developmentally and we always tend to go from that point of view when we're trying to teach a lesson or interact with them engage with them and it also Mm, I'm assuming this is an assumption is that they were already probably upset at the work that was done out of the office and I think this made it just catapult into something absolutely uh, quote-unquote important for them to engage with and um, and it's funny and not so funny now because now if I'm even asked an opinion about these two countries and the stuff that's happening I give no opinion because um yeah I was scarred, y'all. I was scarred for something that didn't have to be. Uh, it was very interesting the way it happened. And I also feel as I'm speaking into this microphone that I'm not giving you enough details. Uh, but I, because I don't even want to mention it. That's how still feels raw to me to even mention and give things name and give people names and things like that. But this one email communication changed everything. It changed a comfort zone it changed what I think and believe about people I felt betrayed not just by the action of the student but I will add a little bit more detail to this uh, because it wasn't just the, the action of the student it was larger than that it was how the institution responded okay so you're wondering what did the student do <laughs> and I think it was a group of students. It, I don't think it was one person, although this person was the leader. There was a respond that, response that was made to the email that was simply speaking about Indigenous Peoples Day, providing links to events, links to more information, 
And then I had one line about an international issue that's happening between two other countries and its relation to Indigenous Peoples Day worldwide, which I should have told you that earlier before. It was very specific to Indigenous Peoples worldwide, and so we just happened to use that example. I did not write this email, uh, but I took the brunt of it. Why? Because that's that's exactly why I... um had to reevaluate the way I create impact and who I support and who I defend and not defend. So this student actually, I mean, eventually people knew that he was the one that wrote the email. I sent it. But, you know, even when there were consequences to be had, I do not, um, I did not want this student to suffer the consequences of the text in this email. So that's happening. Oh my gosh. How can I forget? I feel like every weekend there's a thing. How can I forget? Okay, that Friday, email sent. That Friday evening, I'm supposed to be at the library writing my dissertation. Uh, This is a long weekend. The Tuesday after the long weekend, I'm supposed to be traveling. I'm supposed to be traveling for work. And yes, I'm supposed to be traveling for work with my supervisor. Yes. But let me backtrack a little bit. Okay? So the weekend goes by everyone's reacting to what's going on because everyone is in disbelief as to like how this these people decided to respond in the way they did and why this topic was very important for us to kind of as a school stand very strong and firm on it so it was quite the friday evening and it was quite the weekend and folks emailing me texting me calling me with lots of words of support I have to tell you, I love (laughs) student advocacy. They come through. They really do come through. And so I really did appreciate that time because I knew I had the support system I needed. However, as you know, I was already uh, separated, had been processing a divorce at this time. I'm already a single mom. So I had not another adult to come home to, to talk to, to explain it. Yes, I had my mother. But as a first-gen student, as a first-gen professional, and if you're listening to this and you're a first-gen yourself, do you know that it's difficult to explain to your parents what you do for work, let alone explain to them when some things are happening at work because you kind of have to explain in a different way because they they don't have the lived experience. And so I didn't. I did not talk to my mom about it to this day. Uh, I've kind of mentioned here and there, but it hasn't been the full story because it's hard to explain. Like, I sent an email... Someone got it, someone got mad, they sent it back, and then this whole thing happened, and now my feelings are hurt, and I don't feel good about this job, etc. The weekend goes by, it was an awful weekend, and as a matter of fact, a year after that, I swear to you, it was like I was grieving. I was grieving for a whole year, because at at the year mark of that event happening, I was feeling the same things again, I was wondering how this happened, how did we get to this place, Like, how and why did the institution that I was working for not support me in any way? So, let's get back into it. So, the Tuesday after that weekend, I'm traveling for work. We get notification that, at this point, I don't want to talk about it because no one has checked in out of the administration, checked in with me at all, right? We're not concerned about the students, and obviously... That's the work I do, so I'm concerned about the student as well. Was I even sent a, a, an apology email because I was like, I of course that wasn't my intent. Like it's not my intent. It's actually my intent is to include folks, not f- make people excluded, make feel 
make people feel excluded um so i apologize formally just like how he kind of sent me an, an, an ugly email i sent back an, uh, an apology email like my dude my bad that wasn't the intent i didn't even explain the reasons why i did the email i didn't explain anything i was just like okay i i, I will take responsibility for how i made you feel in this instant so tuesday right we are away. I mean, we are far. I'm far from my house, like really far. <laughs> we get notification that the story has made it into a website. Yes, a website that at that time was, a v- and I don't know what they are doing now. I was never a follower of this brand or this website that creates advocates supports violence right intergroup violence whether that's religious groups uh, ethnic groups political groups this is a site that people go to to kind of get all the ways in which they need to be mean to other people my email not only my email but the whole uh, four three days that happened between saturday and monday mind you it's a holiday weekend a whole story was written my email was sent to the news reporter people. I don't even want to call them news reporter. And a story was made. <clears throat> a story was public, published. And at this point, I'm like, whoa, okay, we going there? And it's the first time I felt scared for my life and my kid's life. And remember how I told you about my dad's death? How I told you about... Um, what else happened that day? Oh, me going into the divorce court and everything, no tears, not feeling sad. This was the first time that I was like, tears. I cried all the way back on the airplane because I could not believe still how someone had the guts to do something like that to someone that has only been very helpful to the whole community. Listen, I am like, and no one's blinking an eye at this, no one's wondering how Zoila's feeling, no one's thinking, like, is she in danger now, uh, yeah, (laughs) I felt, I felt like I was, now I had to, again, go through this process alone, and figure out ways and things to put into place, because at any moment, anyone, anything is findable, anything is findable, these people could have found out where I lived, they already knew where I worked, um easy to figure out what car I drive it was just a mess so I'm here I am with two children myself and I'm thinking I need to get home I need to get home ASAP so I called um at this time too people were contacting me via email but they were also contacting me via LinkedIn so you know how sometimes you read a story and then you google the person so I'm guessing they were googling me and they found my LinkedIn page and people were sending me messages on LinkedIn. Not only that, now they know my work history. They know all the things, right, that they need to know in order to cause any harm if they needed to. Um, I do I do have to admit that it was a time in which I was scared, like really, really scared. So I'm returning back in the airplane. I'm all worries. I'm all tears. I get home and then it's almost like now it's really where it all kind of really begins, right? So now Zoila has been aggressed. I would have to say it is. It was definitely an aggression. Although the people that sent it over to this media site never showed their face because they were protected because I don't know, but supposedly it was an anonymous submission and all that stuff. Okay. So at this time, no one's still thinking about Zoila. Okay, gotcha. 
I believe I had to, I want to say I was parked on the street again because I had to go to court because after you do divorce court, you also have to uh, go back. In order to really be final, you have to go and get uh, the write-up or something where you have to get kind of like a signature from the judge that it actually happened so then you can get a formal divorce certificate. And I get a text message that there's an email that's going to go out the text message says, there's an email that's going to go out from the administration. I just wanted you to have a heads up. Automatically, I know that it means that I'm going to get thrown under the bus and this email is going to be to protect the students. Why did I know this? Because in no time did someone come to me and ask, Zoila, how are you feeling? How are you doing? At this point, um, no one has conferred with me on the communication that's going to go out and... Um, at no point have I been kind of included in the conversation. So I'm thinking, nope, this is exactly what's going to happen. Maybe a few minutes later, uh, no, let's, the day goes by. In the afternoon, the email sent. It's sent and signed by every person on the dean's cabinet, okay? Every person, even people that had nothing to do with this, every person. And on that email, it was also my supervisor's signature, was I hurt about that the most? Absolutely. Why? Because he knows my work and he knows my heart. There was, And for that, there not to be a communication between him and I before the email went out, I was like, ouch, okay. So then this email, uh, there's certain things politically that institutions have to do in order to watch their own backs. And because there are some consequences to them as an institution if they don't take certain things certain ways, right? I understand that now. When I was in that moment where I was the person that was that felt like I was the one that was being harmed, and then on top of that, the administration signs this email speaking and saying that this person, meaning I, pointing fingers at me, uh, should not have sent that email, blah, blah, blah. And at the core of it all, it's not the fact that the email was sent because the issues are something that, quote unquote, the institution supports, right? But it was more to say this should not have ever happened and this should not have ever made a student feel a certain way, okay? And it's interesting because the student has uh, does not have mar marginalized identities. The student has very privileged identities. And so it was interesting to me that they would have kind of... It was interesting then... But and shocking, but knowing what I know now, I would not I would not be shocked if I knew what I knew now then, because obviously they're gonna do that. But in my blurry blurry eyesight, uh, tunnel vision, it was like y'all gonna do the right thing here, right? And of course, to the student and to whoever decided on this communication, it felt like that was the right thing to do. Of course, it did not feel like the right thing to do to me. Um. This was, so fast forward a couple of weeks, I'm like, there's no way I can continue working at a place that does not support me, does not go out to bat for me while, you know, when I'm need when it's needed, when it's been obviously, when I've been obviously put in the middle of a very dangerous media site um, by the hands of these students. And so I immediately started looking for another job I was like there's no way I can continue to do this to myself here especially when I've been hurt this much I felt crushed I felt crushed by people that I admired supported respected so this must have been sent during a weekend again I feel like weekends are my jam aren't they because I remember returning 
to work on a Monday and because because his email was sent I replied to all of them and I expressed my opinion I respect I expressed my point of view about this response that the administration had and how it definitely put me under the bus literally everyone just drove over me and uh and specifically one person I feel like could have taken charge of the wheel but didn't instead I believe that person was not just driving it I think was pushing it right um but it was it was a group it was a group group initiative people decided to put their signatures on it no one and and again this is me not knowing what conversations went in the room um, not understanding the pressures that he had to put the signature on the email, but I still feel that there's a way that people could have said, no, I I would rather not put my email, my signature on this if I don't truly believe in it and if I don't truly support it. And so I, not knowing what conversations went on and and why and how they signed this email, there could have been a way in which they didn't have to. So once your name, email signature is on there, to me, that's you stamped a certain belief you stamped a certain idea right and so to me everyone was as guilty not only the person that was leading the email but everyone that was on that email signature so I started getting emails that Monday after and folks asking me to come speak with them so hey do you have a few minutes to come talk to me boom 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 every person on that email did it which leads me to believe that they must have been advised to do this because it was it was like clockwork. This person emails me, this person emails me. And I'm like, okay, meeting with all of them. Everyone's talking about how they feel about it. Uh, one person in particular couldn't understand why I was upset about it, the whole thing. And that's a whole nother issue. They, they got things that they can't see because they don't live in my body. And there was one person in particular that I hadn't, I didn't ever, never, ever heard an apology from ever ever gave that person a couple of weeks i was like well if everyone else is emailing me this person must also want to talk with me right Mm-mm, that didn't happen and that was the final deciding point for me to know and acknowledge that it was time for me to go it's interesting though because even though that happened in my mind i'm like i have to get out of here but it wasn't ever um like uh oh I'm getting out of here in a month or I'm getting out of here in two weeks it was like okay I'll get out of here but I'm pretty sure that um I I would have probably stayed there if things would have gone different after the email was sent um the administration email towards me uh or towards the whole school but with me under one of the bus tires and so um that happened and thankfully by the grace of God uh, an opportunity came up that it, it was an unusual opportunity because there's not a lot of opportunities like that that show up in a place like the one I live in and that showed up and things went absolutely amazing and I was able to transition out of that 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 job after 11 years and, and it was a blessing in disguise it was probably God saying to me, girl, it's time. Why are you still holding on to this place? It is time for you to go out, fly, and do other things with your life. And so I did. And it was a good decision. It was a good choice. It was a good move for me 
to leave that place after 11 years because I was comfortable. I was so comfortable. I would have stayed there 15, 20, 25, 30 years. Absolutely. Um, but it, it shook me. It shook me to my core. It changed the way I see things and people and organizations and institutions. It also allowed me to see betrayal in a real form from people that you, again, respect and look up to and also support and uh, that we should not hold on to places and people. We should not allow our identity to be uh, on a string attached to an institution. You are who you are. Your identity, the way you live your life, and who you are should not be a reflection of the place you work at. And so the jobs that I've had since then, I have not been... Uh, emotionally attached to them because I realized that that's not the way it needs to be you do a great job yes always don't ever stop doing a great job at the jobs that you you hold don't hold on to jobs in a way that changes who you are in a way that allows that place to dictate how you move what you do and how you identify and um, relate that message to other people work for work, do a job for work, uh, but don't become one in the same. Continue to be who you are and allow that institution to be who they are. You might be wondering, why did I just put all of this and throw it all in this one episode? And it's because I've been looking for a way to speak on this experience for a very long time again this happened in 2018 it is now 2023 if you can imagine also part of my fear was because my kids were still babies my youngest was two (laughs) had just turned two because he's a late a late uh late in the year and so he had just turned two so my kids were babies i was in a doctoral program and I was doing what I thought was right and supporting a student with an email communication that was about something that the institution believed in and supported. And yet I was, it was kind of like, um, it, it was not received well by students, which not everything can be well received by the people you're speaking to, especially when you're speaking to a group of folks that includes people that are not in line with what your office, your institution, or you are as individual supports. And I get all of that. It's just the way that it happened and the way that um, these students had no consequences. That's the other thing that was major, 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 major. The students that created this drama had no consequences at all. They wrote that email back to me with um, the whole cabinet uh, CC'd on it. So everyone and the whole school, so it wasn't a a private communication by no means, by any means, and the sending the email communication to a media outlet, the story being written about me, uh, with my, my whole government name was on that, listen, okay, and not understanding the, the outcomes that, that could have had for me and my family, the students had no consequences at all, to this day, they're probably living very fancy lives, and not uh, not really ever, you know, having to live through what I lived through. And I lived through it. I lived through it for years. Um, and it, it was a, a work trauma that I can acknowledge was definitely a work trauma. Um, when I left that job, I wasn't the same at the next 
at the next job I was not the same person I was I was I was angry and I wasn't angry at that next job I was more angry at what had happened that I had not healed from and so I went into another place another uh, workspace not having healed that experience not really having even processed it really because I ended my one job like you know uh, one week and two weeks later I was at the new job and so it was there was no time really to rationalize and process and get the support and the healing time that I needed to get through Um, but all in all I learned big lessons from this humongous ones okay I am me I am who I am I believe in what I believe in and I support what I support and that does not have to match with the people I work with or work for and not to put my livelihood or not to assume that people will protect you when you know things were not done well do not expect anyone to protect you. Do not expect anyone to look out for you. Rather, always watch for your own back. And I'm not saying there are not going to be amazing people out there that are going to support you, protect you, and help you. And they will, and they are there. But don't expect that to be the rule. Rather, expect it to be the exception. Um, other than that, I feel healed at this point. I've just talked about it. And... It doesn't even feel painful. It feels like I'm retelling a story. Before, I could never get to this point. Um, And part of the reason why I didn't want to get to this point of speaking it and recording it and putting it on a podcast was also because I want to protect people, right? Because in everything that I went through um, those couple of months, I still was always thinking, how do I protect the people that did this to me so that people Don't go back to a name. Don't go back to a place. Don't go back to a thing. Um, But I'm so over that because it happened and they all know it happened. And everyone is aware that it occurred. And um, this has definitely had been a lesson learned and one that I'll take with me forever. The good and the bad that came out of it, for sure. And that was fall of 2018. In a nutshell, I didn't want to make this too long, but I'm afraid I did. Uh, Not putting in too many details in any of the points that I shared. Uh, But I do hope this could be helpful to you because I know that it is not something that is unique to me. I know we've all had these experiences. I know we've all had to go from a funeral to divorce court, going from... Um, you know, needing to write something and finish something but being distracted because life obstacles are, are being put in front of you or thrown at you. So I know this is not unique to my experience and I know this is going to be helpful to you to identify with a story that might be the same as yours, might be different than yours, but know that you're not alone. You are not alone. Keep going and keep shining. This is your host, Dr. Soy La Quesada. And this is two kids, one doctorate.